And that's what the praise team comes up here for, so that they can get you into a mode of worship. Worship is a powerful thing. Worship will set the enemy aflee. Worship. Did you know in the Old Testament they sent the praise team before the army? And they went and they just praised the Lord and God gave them the victory. It was a wonderful thing, wasn't it? Amen. This year, Pastor Norm has given us a little idea on the word hope. Helping others prepare for eternity. H-O-P-E. Helping others. As I said last time I preached this morning, we're not going to help others. We're going to help ourselves. Help ourselves prepare for eternity. Because if we don't help ourselves, how are we going to prepare anybody else for eternity? Paul said, you know, if after I've preached to you and I myself become a castaway, what, what good is it? So it's important that we build up ourselves. Yesterday I had an opportunity to preach at the Warrior's Journey, and I was basically going to preach on the word liberty, because that's what the military gives us, liberty, freedom. But as I got into my study somewhat, God changed the direction and he said, I want you to speak on the warrior, the warrior David. So we talked a little bit about David and PTSD. And I trust that as a result of Brother Steve and the rest of the guys that were there and took a part in that weekend, that many of our warriors are going to be healed and helped. This morning I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 119, verse number 45. Psalms 119, 45. The five eye wheels of liberty. Verse number 45 says this. And I will walk in liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Father, we thank you that whom the Son has set free, they're free indeed. And I ask you this morning to allow us to walk in the liberty that you have given to us. No more bondage, only liberty. So Lord, you've already disposed it on us. Now we need to enclose it within us. Touch our spirit. Holy Spirit, rain down. Once again, as we look at your word, and we'll thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Slide number two, real briefly, the Liberty Bell. Liberty talks about we've been freed from slavery. We've been freed from imprisonment. We've been freed from captivity. I remember when I was on a mission trip to Indonesia, and we were in, in the valley, and we were sitting at a restaurant, and all of a sudden, a bunch of Americans come in. Very unusual. So I went up to them, and I said, are you here on a, a missions trip? Oh, yeah, we're on a missions trip. Actually, they were from the Navy, and they had liberty from that ship, and they came ashore for a few days. Liberty. You know all the story about the Liberty Bell, and you know about Liberty Island, my grandparents on the Sarbo family came from Italy and they passed through Liberty Island. My grandparents on my mother's side came from Norway and they passed through Liberty Island. My wife's grandparents came from Germany and they passed through Liberty Island. I would say that all of us have some descendants that have passed through Liberty Island. But this morning, 
I want you to blow that horn one more time. Liberty! The old ship is stopped and docked. The horn goes off and everybody gets off and they don't know where they're going. My grandfather ended up in North Dakota and the other one ended up in Pennsylvania. But Liberty, where are you going to end up? What ship are you getting off? And what does God have in store for you? Slide number three. I will walk in liberty. Again this morning, if you have your cell phone, get it out. Go to your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible app, just do like I do. I do have a Bible app, by the way. But I just say, Psalms 119, verse number 45, and there it is. There it was. If you... If you got your Bible, that's better off, but I know that I don't carry my Bible to church when I come because we got the cell phone and we got the scriptures on the screen, which is very helpful. But Psalms 119, verse number 45 says, I will. Now, when you say I will, you do something. You surrender yourself. I will. I will. That's a hard thing for us to say unless we agree with what someone is commanding us to do. Do you know that in Psalms chapter 119, the word I will is found 20 times? 20 times. I will. I will surrender. And then something else comes with that. I will submit. I will commit. I will walk in liberty. Now, liberty's law brings us a lot of things. Look at verse number 41. Psalms chapter 119, verse number 41. Let thy mercies come also upon me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. As a result of accepting liberty, God grants unto us mercy. Then there's salvation. Without mercy, there would be no salvation. Because if we got what we deserved, uh, we would all be on the boat going to nowhere. But we're on the boat going somewhere, and he's brought us salvation. Verse number 41, God's salvation. Then in verse number 42, we see God's word. God's word brings liberty to us. I will walk in thy precepts, or thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. So it's important that we understand how magnificent and how powerful the Word is. Verse number 43 talks about God's Word is truth. As a result of truth, it brings us hope. And then in verse number 44, it talks about delivering us from bondage. Slide number four. I want to talk a little bit about the if of discipleship. In John chapter 8, verse number 31, is a tremendous verse, and it says this. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if, there's that word if again, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you continue, it's not enough just to start, but you've got to continue. And if we look at this chapter, 
we could see the if, and if if happens, then something else will happen. Look at verse number 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you continue in my word, then what's going to happen? You're going to be set free. She'll make you free. That's a wonderful thing. Free from what? Verse number 33. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? Were they made free from the bondage of man? No. They were made free to the yoke of Christ. Liberty. Throughout this chapter, John chapter 8, we see the word liberty. We have liberty through discipleship, as we've already read in verse number 31. If you continue in my word, then you are my, dis my disciples indeed. So, the liberty of discipleship. Verse number 36, the liberty of freedom. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you are free indeed. Again, we see that word if. If the Son has made you free, then you're free indeed. Then we have liberty through service. Verse number 39. Then they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. So if a disciple is a disciple, there's going to be freedom and there's going to be service. Then there's sonship. Look at verse number 42. Jesus said unto them, if, there's that word again, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. So we are sons and daughters of God. Verse number 46 talks a little bit about responsibility. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? So once we receive the truth, we are not only responsible, but we have service to do because we're sons and daughters of God. One more thing, verse number 51. Verily, verily, I said to you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Assurance. How many times? One, two, three, four, five, six times. He says the word if. And then he gives us a promise. Let's go back to Psalms 119 again. Slide number five, please. Thank you, Aaron. Always do such a good job back there. We appreciate you. Psalms chapter 119. Verse number 45, our text. I will speak of the testimonies of the Lord before the kings. Why? Verse number 46, because of verse number 45, our text. I will walk in liberty. When we walk in freedom, God will show us who to go to, what to say, how to say it, at the right time, at the right place. I want each one of you to reflect just a little bit on your life. And there was a crossroads in your life that you didn't know which road to take. 
but someone came along beside you and they just mentioned a couple words and all of a sudden the Spirit of God within you agreed with what was said and you got on the right road. That thing should happen not only when we're born again, but it should happen daily. God's Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. Notice some things about walking in liberty. Five things or the five wheels of liberty. I will walk, and then verse number 46 says, I will speak. I looked up that word speak in my Strong's Concordance, and I saw that word time and time again, and it's mentioned several times in Psalms 119. Don't not have the time to read them all, but I will speak. It's important that us speak the word. Speak the word. And then I will delight. Verse number 47. Verse number 47 says this, And I will delight myself in thy commandments. I will delight myself in his commandments. What are his commandments? Jesus said, well, there's the Ten Commandments, but the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength. And the second greatest is to love your neighbor as yourself. Do we do that? Is a question that we've got to ask ourselves. Do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Do we love God and do we put him first in all our ways? I will delight myself in your commandments. Then there's the thing of surrendering. I will lift up or I will obey. And then to meditate. Verse number 48 tells us this. My hands also will I lift up under thy commandments which I have loved and I will meditate in thy statutes, precepts, statutes, commandments, the word. You see those things all through the book of Psalms 119. Meditate. What happens when we meditate? You know, there's false meditation and there's good meditation. Let's go back to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 talks about the good meditation. You know, everything that God has that's good, the devil tries to to copy it, but it's never the same. God has a copyright on meditation. Meditate on His Word. I know most of the time I'm so busy, I read God's Word every day, but I'm going to tell you the truth, four times out of five, when I'm done reading God's Word, and I go to something else, I think back and I think, what did I read? You have that problem? Why? Because we're not concentrating. We're not allowing ourselves to let it soak in. So sometimes it's better just to read a phrase and just meditate on it for a few minutes. Look at Psalms chapter, chapter what? Chapter 1, verse number 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate both day and night. Meditate. Meditate on God's word day and night. What's going to happen? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water which bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doth, he shall prosper. God's going to allow us to prosper, go forward instead of going back, prosper, be in health, in mind, body, spirit. God, we need to meditate upon your word. If the Son will make you free, you're free indeed. 
Slide number six. I will walk in liberty. John 8.32 tells us, ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Sounds like a simple formula, doesn't it? But it's really not so simple because it's got to be all about I will. I will walk in liberty. I will. We got to surrender our will. We got to surrender our hearts to God's plan for us. And if we do so, our leave isn't going to wither and we're going to walk in success. If we walk in liberty, there's boundaries. Do you know that there's boundaries in everything? This morning I let my grandson drive us to church and he stayed in his boundary. He stayed in his lane. <laughs> Can you imagine if he didn't stay in his lane and got on the other lane? What would happen? Furthermore, what about your neighbor? What about your neighbor? And he's trying to put his fence a little bit on your boundary. What happens? There's boundaries in everything. In the football field, there's boundaries. You can't go out of bounds. If you go out of bounds, you're called for a penalty or the play is stopped. And in the Christian life, there's boundaries also. Let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, there's that word liberty again, wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Boundary number one, free versus entanglement. If we are free, don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. He tells us to stand fast. Stand fast. Stand fast where? In the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. Free from what? Well, we're free from a lot of things, and let's go back to Romans chapter 8 again. I call Romans chapter 8 the commentary on the Holy Spirit. In verses 4 through 16, the word spirit is used 14 times, and the word flesh is used 9 times. If you would read the entire chapter of chapter 8 of the book of Romans, you would see the word spirit 20 times. And we sang about the Spirit this morning. Let it rain. Oh, Spirit. Something happens when we're in the Spirit. But there's two types of spirits. Walk in the liberty which God has called you to and don't be entangled. What are we free from? Let me just, instead of reading the Scriptures, let me just give you the key words. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. We're free from condemnation. Verse number two, we're free from the law of sin and death. Verse number four, we're free to walk, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Free from walking in the flesh. Verse number six, we're free from a carnal mind. Verse number seven, we're free to serve the law of God. So we're free to do a lot of things. There's some limitations. If there's limitations, if we're free from condemnation, the law of sin and death, the flesh and a carnal mind, what 
do we do then? We're free to do what? Look at verse number one, verse number four. We're free to walk in the spirit. Verse number six, we're free to have a spiritual mind. We don't have to be having our minds clouded with garbage, but we're free to have a spiritual mind. Verse number six, we're free to have life and peace. Verse number 14, we're free to be led by the Holy Spirit. Verse number 15, we're free to be adopted and his children. Verse number 26, we're free to have spiritual help. We're free to have God working for us. And in verse number 37, we are free to be conquerors. Now, there's a couple verses I want us to look at. And I want us to say this morning that we're free to pray in the Holy Spirit. Notice what verse number 26 and 27 says. Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. And he, the Spirit, searches the hearts and knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for us according to the will of God. There's times when we know not how to pray. So just begin to use your spiritual language. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, that's salvation. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. But then Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go and wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Remember when Jesus walked into that room after his resurrection and the disciples were filled with fear? He walked in and he said this. He said, be filled with the Spirit. Conversion. But then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're free to pray in the Holy Spirit. What are the results of praying in the Holy Spirit? Verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So there's boundaries. Don't get out of bounds, but stay in bounds. If you're in a a state of confusion, ask the Holy Spirit to clarify your carnal mind so that you can have a spiritual mind. And if you know not how to pray as you, you should, pray in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, 20 times in chapter 8 of Romans, it talks about the Spirit. It's a great commentary on the Holy Spirit. Slide number 7, boundary number 2, talks about freedom and accountability. Freedom and accountability. First of all, he tells us to stand fast in Galatians chapter 1. He tells us not to be entangled. That's a pretty good picture, isn't it? Think of a rabbit running through a snare. Don't be entangled. Now we see another boundary. Because we have been made free, we see in verse number 13 and 14 of chapter 5 these words. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, 
but to love serve one another. We don't have liberty to do what we want to do. There's rules in God's word that we've got to follow. Don't use your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but use your freedom, your liberty to love, serve one another. Get rid of your fleshly lusts and bondages. And it gives us a list in verses 19 through 21 of the bondages that we can put ourselves in. Don't use your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but use it to love, serve one another. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17, it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty. Now, Paul gave us some instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said that all of those Israelites were under the cloud as they left Egypt. He says they were all under the cloud. Verse number 8, or, or slide number 8, Aaron. Number 2, they all passed through the sea. Verse number 2, they were all baptized. Verse number 3, they all ate of the quail and the manna. Verse number 4, they all drank of the spiritual rock, the rock which was Christ that followed them. And when Moses struck the rock, water came out. But then next time God says, speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, and God highly penalized him. That's one of the questions I'm going to ask God and Moses when I get to heaven. You know, there must have been something else other than that. One act of disobedience disallowed him to go into the promised land. What a tremendous penalty. But I guess the lesson is this. Let's follow the word. Paul gave us a warning in verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians 10. Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand and take heed lest he fall. Don't think you're so spiritual minded that you can't fall. Then he goes on to talk about the people's problem. Verse number 6, they had lust. Verse number 7, they built idols. You know, we think of an idol as something built by hands, but you know, we can have a lot of idols. A lot of idols. What are some of them? Pride? Maybe money? Maybe cell phone? Idols. Idol is anything you put before God. It's an idol. So, verse number 8 talks about fornication. Verse number 9 talks about they tempted Christ. Verse number 10 says they were murmurers. So he talked about the warning, then he talked about the problem, then he gave them some encouragement. Look at verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to suffer more than you're able. God is the deliverer. He's the liberator. He's the one that pulls us out of bondage. He's the one that gets you out of the yoke of bondage. If you want to be in a yoke, get in the yoke with Christ. His load is easy. His burden is light. 
We really don't know what a yoke is, but in the olden days, they hooked a team of oxen into a yoke. And a lot of times they used two, so they put the heads of the oxen into the yoke, and they pulled the plow, and they got the job done. Sometimes we don't get into the yoke with Christ. And as a result of that, our load is heavy, our burden. We can't bear it anymore. It's as simple as this. Choose. I will choose to get into the yoke with Christ. When he is in our yoke, he pulls the load for us and we can walk in liberty. Temptation is coming, verse number 13 says. God is faithful, verse number 13 says. We can have an escape route. God's already planned the escape route. Do you know where it is? Exit, 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 exit. We need to have an exit when Satan tempts us. And he's going to tempt us. It's going to happen. Just as, where's the spirit? The spirit of the Lord is found in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 12. 612. All these things are lawful unto me, but none of these things are expedient. He talks about there's things that are lawful for me, but they're not necessary. Is it going to cause a brother or sister or an unbeliever to stumble because of what you do? Then you stay away from it. Notice verse number nine. Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, or adulterers, or infeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, or revilers, nor extortioners, or they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But he says this, and I include myself, and such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified. In the name of the Lord. I think that's about enough for this morning. I've got a couple pages left. But I want the praise team to come as I bring this to a conclusion. I want us to go to slide number 11. Slide number 11. And I want us to talk a little bit about what liberty really is. And I guess the song I'd like you to sing would be uh, Let It Rain. Tammy, could you play Let It Rain, please? It rained last night. It rained Friday night on the golf course Friday night with the grandsons. Hole number 14, I let it rain. I was glad it rained because I was getting tired. Last night it rained. I said, if I were God, I think I'd let it rain every Sunday morning between uh, 6 o'clock and noon. You know that? That'd be a great time. This morning I looked out my window and here were golfers coming by at 7.30 in the morning. My grandson said, well, aren't they going to church? Duh. What's the great challenge that we have? How can we walk in liberty? Five questions. All found in Romans chapter 8. Number one, if God be for us, who can be against us? 
That's a great question. Who can be against us if God's for you? Think of that for a moment. And you'll be on the winning team every time. Question number two, who can condemn us when Christ has died and risen again for us? There is now no condemnation. Are you walking in condemnation? You don't have to anymore. You're free from that. Question number three, who can lay any charge against us when Jesus has justified us? Who can lay any charge against us? You're free. You don't have to live in guilt anymore. You don't have to have PTSD, live in all those terrible memories. God can wipe that out. He has a way of doing so. Question number four. Who shall separate us against the love of him who gave himself for us? Verse number 35. And then who can hinder us? Who can be against us? I guess we can be against ourselves. Who can condemn us? I guess I'm, I can condemn myself, probably as good as anyone. Who can charge us? Well, maybe we need to get charged, battery charged, maybe that charge, instead of the charge of, I charge you with, and then I sent you. Who can separate us? Who can hinder us? Would you stand with me? We talked about the 20 times that Romans chapter 8 says spirit. When we talk about let it rain, we're talking about the rain of the latter rain. The Holy Spirit falling upon those 120 in the upper room. And it changed their life. This morning, our life has been changed. But as we go out this morning, we're going to face temptation. We're going to face obstacles of bondage. And what are we going to do about it? We're going to stand in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free because the Holy Spirit quickens us. There's power. Let it rain, Lord. A couple more times we'll sing that. We're not going to have you respond by coming to the altar. We've already done that. We've already prepared our heart, our soil. And now we simply say, Lord, refresh us. Refresh us this morning in Jesus' name.
Lord, indeed this morning you have opened the floodgates of heaven. The windows of heaven have been opened and the blessings have fallen upon us. Father, I thank you that we can come together as a body to worship you. There's nothing like being in your house. Lord, I all understand that my body is a house. It's the house of the Holy Spirit. May I honor this house because of your presence. But as the entire body comes into this house that has been separated for one purpose, and that is to worship. We have helped ourselves this morning prepare for eternity. Now because we will walk in liberty, we will speak in liberty, we can leave this place and help others. The Lord has a mission for each one of us this week. Whether it be a word or whether it be a deed, whether it be a seed or whether it be a fruit, God, I pray that each one of us would find our part in your harvest field. Little or small makes no difference. God is in it all. So in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have anointed your people for such a day as this. We leave this place with joy, unspeakable, and full of glory and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.